Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast, where we talk about everything related to education with a primary focus on math, but it goes beyond math. But today, we're talking about math again, and today we're talking about how to find a really good math tutor. So this this is all this is called six things to consider in a math tutor. I've written an article on the same topic and I wanted to talk about this today because I found over and over that kids sometimes they struggle and they go and they find a tutor. They they look something up or I've I've heard recently somebody got a promotion from a company for a couple free tutoring sessions and they go to the tutor and for whatever reason, it's not a good fit. And then, and then they give up on the idea of private tutoring. And, and that's really, that's, that's a really dangerous thing because now you're going to write off the entire process and possibility based on one negative experience. It's, it's just like finding a good lawyer, finding a good doctor. Uh, and, and you don't necessarily have to make a distinction between good and bad. It's just, is it the right fit? And this is so critical for finding a tutor or finding a good teacher because it, it can vary based on your child's personality type and whether or not that meshes with a particular tutor. I may not mesh with everybody, and that's fine. And I, I tell parents that, and I tell the kids that even, hey, if, if you would rather work with somebody else, that's totally fine. But it's all about finding the right chemistry and the right balance. It's just like making friends, really, because you're going to end up developing with a good tutor, you're going to end up developing, your child's going to develop a, a friendship in a lot of ways. And so it's, it's super, super important. There's a show called Love on Netflix. I think I talked about this before. It's such a good show. And it stars this guy whose character's name is Gus. And he's a he's actually a math tutor, on an onset math tutor. He calls himself an onset teacher. And he, for, for whatever reason, he doesn't like it when people call him a tutor. Uh, but anyways, he... It, it's interesting because the actress that he works with are the different actors on this one show called Wichita in the in the show Love. You notice that they sort of point this out in one of the episodes where the the main actress, she is, I think she's like a 12 or 13-year-old kid, famous actress, and she mentions to him that she, she had, well, she's kind of complaining that she has no friends because all her friends are jealous of her that she's famous and gets to be on TV. But she tells him like, Hey, you're my best friend. Like you're my best friend. You're the one that I. That that's it. Like her tutor is her best friend. And but the thing is, that's really I think that's how it should be. If you are actually trying, if you want to find an effective teacher, an effective tutor, it's not just about having an understanding of math or even being able to explain things clearly. I think what you should strive for. It's super important. You should strive for a nice relationship so that. And this can happen, trust me, this can 100% happen. I've had kids tell me this before. You want to have a relationship where the, the child is actually looking forward to the tutoring session. 
because that's such a huge turning point for the for the amount of productivity that can happen and the level of productivity that can be reached and it's and I've been on the other side of that I had a kid that I homeschooled and we were never able to form that relationship we were never able to form that bond and I could tell every day right like it wasn't a it wasn't a fun thing it wasn't like hey what's up it's good to see you let's hang out and let's chat a bit and then you can help me. It wasn't it wasn't like that. And it it was really unfortunate. That was the one time in my in my career where as a as a math teacher and a tutor where it was it was like that. And so, you know, just for whatever reason, I think it just wasn't compatible. But for every other kid, that's really my first priority is to develop that relationship and establish essentially a friendship, because that's what it is. That's what it becomes. And that's why you you'll see with good tutors, they get really close with the families because you that's that's and that's the way it should be so I'm going to be it's going to be a combination again of me going through my article that I wrote on this and then I wrote this quite some time ago not like I think about a year and a half ago so I've obviously learned a ton more since that time so I'm going to be referencing the article but I'm also going to be continuously throwing in my two cents based on the added information that I've ascertained over the last year and a half Finding an excellent tutor can make a tremendous impact on a child's ability to succeed academically. While some kids are able to independently digest in-class lectures and textbook explanations, others benefit greatly from an additional system of support. Parsing the material after school with a guiding hand can fully illuminate subjects that are otherwise difficult to grasp. Translation, with the right set of mentors, all students can develop into confident adults with healthy GPAs. Most parents are well-versed in the art of finding a nicely fitting academic institution, but very few are aware of the highly nuanced process for vetting a tutor. Here are six key components that parents should evaluate when searching for a tutor. And it's really true. When when parents try to figure out, especially when they're sending their kids to private schools as opposed to public schools, then you have some more choice. I see parents go on these tours of the schools. They'll spend maybe a half a day or a few hours observing classes, talking to the principal, meeting with the teachers, and they'll do this at a few different places. There's a lot of time is invested. And it doesn't happen. The same research doesn't go into finding a tutor. And I would argue in a lot of cases that finding a tutor is even much more important than finding a good academic institution because I think the key learning could really happen with the tutor in that environment. And then the school could even become secondary if you find that right fit and if you can have the tutor over for a longer period of time. Like a lot a lot of my students, I have some that I meet regularly with, but some they just hit me up once a week to get clarification on a few problems and and it it just depends on whatever works for them, whatever they need. But if you if you put in the time and you find the right fit, it can it can make such a difference, and I think in a lot of cases it can have a greater impact than whatever institution you should choose. So that's the point: is that it is a big deal, it is a big decision, and I recommend for parents listening to spend the time to really do your research and do your homework and find somebody that's good, and don't be afraid to let somebody go if it's not a great fit. Try somebody else, or try a couple people at the same time and see which one your kid seems to really vibe with and really get along with. Let them make the decision. And I'm going to talk about different ways that you can find tutors as well and some ways that that I've gone out and found found students. So these will be some other tips as well. So first, some, some things that you should look for. 
Number one, experience tutoring or teaching. So it goes without saying that experience is critical in any field. It is particularly important in teaching, however, because there are a wide variety of students and respective learning styles. Some kids are visual learners, others are auditory, and still others learn by doing as opposed to watching. With an abundance of experience comes a greater level of exposure to these various learning styles. As such, there is a higher likelihood that an experienced tutor will be able to seamlessly adapt his or her teaching techniques to your child's specific needs. I can say that even when I started three years ago, I always felt like I was very good at teaching math in particular. And I think even when I started three years ago, I was pretty solid But I can tell you in these last three years, because I've tutored a lot. I've tutored a lot of kids, a lot of different types of kids, a lot of different types of learning styles. Man, that experience has definitely amplified my abilities big time. And and it's because I've seen these different curveballs thrown at me. I've seen kids that learn in different ways. I've I've tried different methods, and now I can... Whatever the concept is, I can I'm able to throw it throw it out there and explain it in a in a variety of ways just because of the experience I've gotten. So it does make a big difference. And I think the other thing is I've I've really recognized. I was told this by a friend of mine named Arthur Emery who has a, a tutoring company in Seattle. I was told this by him right when I began this entire adventure, which has been which has been incredible and unbelievably rewarding. But he told me right at the onset that the most important thing is really to develop a good relationship with your students. And that can just come by being personable, being social, a lot of things that it's just the way that I am. I'm extroverted. I like people. I like to converse. I like to get to know new people. So he said a lot of that will happen naturally. But that's that's really something that through experience, I've I've been able to even hone my abilities in that respect being able to connect with a wider amount of a wider array of people. So yes, experience, of course, goes without saying, but super, super important. And and I think more so than just teaching experience, because man, I've been teaching in a classroom setting for the last four months, and I will be again next year for an entire year, which I'm super excited about, sixth grade. I've never done that before. It's very different. It's very, very different. In Because I started tutoring, before doing the classroom teaching, for me personally, as much as I love getting up and speaking in front of kids, I, I really do enjoy the one-on-one because you can you can manipulate things in so many ways as far as how you want to present information. It's so dynamic and I think it's I think it's really interesting and you can see very quick results in an isolated environment, which I think is cool. But t- the issue is that teaching and tutoring, it really requires different skill sets and different strategies. And I've had to learn a lot of these strategies in the last four months. That's why I loved doing it. I love teaching fourth grade because it's taught, oh my gosh, it's taught me so much. And also watching my fellow teachers in action and seeing how they, how they really command attention and how they're able to convey things on a broader scale. That's, that's been very illuminating, but the difference. So I would recommend in addition to just hiring somebody who has had teaching experience, I would also look, as valuable as teaching experience is, classroom teaching, I would also really look in particular for tutoring experience, one-on-one tutoring experience. Okay, number two, trial period. 
Not all tutors will be a good fit with your child's personality. So even if you find the most academically credentialed and seasoned educator, he or she might simply fail to mesh with your child's personality. Accordingly, it is important that your potential tutor offers a trial period, and this will give your family an opportunity to meet with the tutor and examine his or her methods and general demeanor. If it doesn't feel like a good fit, you can move on easily. So what I mean here is, I think when I actually when I actually wrote this, I, I meant it in a way of a free trial period. And now that I've been in this business for a few years, and I've met with lots of companies, this doesn't really happen very often. It happens for, I used to do it when I was just starting out and I didn't have any clients. I didn't have a reputation and I I used to do it just out of necessity. But when we're now talking about, if you want somebody who's experienced and seasoned, you're just, you're not going to find it. But what I would, but what I would suggest is instead of going ahead without any sort of evaluation, what I would suggest is that you hold off on buying a bulk package. I know on websites like Wisent, you can buy 10 hours of tutoring ahead of time and you get a slight discount, 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever it is. What I would suggest is when I mean trial period now, I would say, go ahead, set up that initial appointment and be open-minded, see how it goes. And if it doesn't go exactly how you want, go out there, try somebody else and see and be willing to look around a little bit until you find somebody that your daughter or son really likes and is like, yeah, I like this person. They rem- they rem- they're they similar to me or whatever it is. Okay, number three. You want somebody that relates well with children. Obviously. <laughs> Goes without saying. Teaching certainly requires an ability to work well with children. But what precisely does that mean? From my experience as well as watching other prominent tutors, there are a few different pieces to this puzzle. First, you want to choose a tutor that your child can look up to and emulate. Your son or daughter will be more likely to work hard and adhere to his or her tutor study plan if that underlying level of respect exists. So this is something that I can speak to from on a personal level. And this is the type of relationship that I'm often able to form with my kids. I think part of it is because I'm a bit of a kid at heart. And we develop usually really awesome, fun relationships where where we're not only just talking about math or education, we're chatting about random, all sorts of random different things that they enjoy, that I enjoy. And, and I think if it's somebody that they can relate to, even though there's a, a wide, I'm quite older than most of my students, I'm 35. So even though there's that wide age gap, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's completely irrelevant as long as we can. I mean, it's just like kids getting along with older brothers, sisters, uncles, what have you. And all these relationships can be super, super strong. It's just about being able to converse, talk, have fun more than anything, laugh, joke around. And if all these different elements can be there, it's just going to be such that much more of a powerful, powerful relationship and that much more of a powerful foundation for education. Second, you want an educator who makes the sessions fun. So again, going back to that idea of having a good relationship that can allow for the sessions to be fun. Going through material is not always a blast for kids, but enthusiastic and positive personas can transform an otherwise painful session to an exciting and energizing event. 
Finally, you need to choose a tutor who is able to patiently teach the material. Sometimes kids will be charged up and on point. Other times, they might feel lethargic or unmotivated. Your tutor needs to be mentally and emotionally equipped to ride the ups and downs without buckling. I can't tell you how many times I've seen my kids come in. Sometimes they're just on point, they're ready to rock, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they need to eat something before the session begins. Sometimes they need to just chat about their day. So my suggestion is your tutor should be a little bit laid back. Personally, that's that's my take on it. I know sometimes this doesn't work in a classroom setting. If you're too laid back, your kids will can can walk all over you. And it can stifle the progress of the lecture and the curriculum to a great degree. But with tutoring, I believe you have some more leeway, and I think it's worthwhile to to use that leeway. Give your kids some room. Be a little bit patient. Let the let them take their time if they need to warm up to warm up. So I think it's I think it's super important that whatever tutor you find, they're going to they're going to have that quality about them. All right, number four, compatible with the parents as well as the students. Now, of course, it's most important that your tutor is going to be a good fit for your child. But it is important that you're also able as a parent to establish a good relationship with the tutor because you, at the end of the day, this is all, you're going to be the one that's monitoring, keeping track of what's going on, making sure everything is going according to plan. And so that that's the way that you're going to figure that out and, and assess on a continual basis if things are going well is by talking to the tutor. So you want to make sure that you can find somebody who will also have a good relationship with you along with the along with your child. So so if you somebody like that, usually most good tutors that are good with your kids, they're going to they're going to have open lines of communication with you. It's going to be all good, but it's just something to keep in mind. Number 5. Mm-hmm. S- establishes clear goals. Moving forward without distinct benchmarks is like sailing without a destination. Kids, like adults, need identifiable goals to keep them centered and focused. It's important that your child's tutor sets reasonable objectives each session. Just to be clear, I'm not talking about setting a numerical goal for test results. That, in fact, can be counterproductive. While academic success is the end goal, percentages and grades should not be dwelled upon. What needs to happen instead is the identification of process-related goals pertaining to the completion of additional problem sets, adoption of certain methodologies, and or recalibration of a student's state of mind. So when we're looking at tutors, I, I, I'd say that and sometimes you may not need a super detailed plan, especially if it's they're coming over just for homework help. And they're coming along each week to guide your child through whatever has been assigned at school. So if that's the case, fine. It's not so critical that they have a super well thought out plan and direction and all that. But it is quite nice if if in the initial session you can find a tutor that's going to sit down with your child, sit down with you, and really try to dive into what's going on. How are they studying for a test? They should be asking that. How are they reviewing? What types of homework does your teacher give out? Well, how does the percentages break down with respect to homework, with respect to exams, final exams, so on and so forth? So they can get a big picture and based on that picture, set up some nice concrete goals, not just for them but for you, and not just for you either, but so your child has an understanding of what's happening and where everything is going. And that's really important. It's hard 
to do stuff when you don't know what the end goal is or why you're doing things. We don't like to do that as adults. And why should kids have to do that? And, and the, the thing is, these things that we're asking our kids to do, there is reasons. There's good reasons. So I think the right response in these types of cases for when if kids are asking, of course, like, why do I have to do this is to try and explain why you're doing this. Same thing with a, with a tutor. If he's got a particular plan of action, lay it out so that everything can be out in the open for your child. And hopefully that will mean that they'll be more engaged and on board as well. Number six, scheduling flexibility. While it is important to have well-established meeting times with your tutor, it is also helpful if your tutor has a reasonable amount of flexibility to accommodate your child's fluctuating demands. Kids can have a number of last-minute events pop up that might mandate an impromptu session. For example, a midterm could manifest on a random day that requires a session, or a dance recital could emerge that causes the cancellation of a pre-existing session. With all of the extracurricular activities and academic obligations that kids face, a tutor needs to be able to handle the ebbs and flows of a student's schedule. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you can find a tutor that can meet on the weekends, can meet during the week, it's going to make your life, I think, quite a bit easier I can tell you now from this is, again, I wrote this about a year and a half ago. And while I think it's great, I, I mean, I can tell you for from my experience now, my, my schedule is pretty packed. That being said, because I work all the time and I'm I really trying to accommodate my students, I'm available seven days a week. And as long as some of my high school kids, for example, as long as they're willing to meet at 8 or 9 o'clock at night, if I'm all booked up throughout the rest of the day, I can make it happen. Uh, I mean, I've even worked with kids at 10 p.m. at night via Skype, and, and, and that's how I try to make myself available. But, but it, is, it is helpful because kids will make mistakes when they're planning out their studying strategies, and sometimes they'll be studying the night before, and they all of a sudden realize they don't understand a particular concept. And man, that is such a stressful position to be in. If you can find a tutor who's willing to get on a call with you at 10 p.m. the night before a test and explain a few and answer a few lingering questions, that will go such a long way for your child in terms of their success and also their state of mind and their anxiety. If they know that they can rely on this figure to help them to throw on the Superman cape and fly in, swoop in if need be, it's such a nice, it's such a nice thing to have. So scheduling flexibility, big one. So those are the six tips. Those are the six things that I wanted to talk about. And I want to end by sharing my thoughts on how you can go about finding a tutor yourself if you don't have any good leads. Of course, the way that most parents and teachers, uh, sorry, most parents usually do it is they ask their teachers for recommendations. Now, most schools, whatever school your child goes to, they'll usually have a list of recommended or approved tutors at that school. And... That's the first thing you can do is talk to the teacher or the principal and say, hey, what tutors usually service the kids in this area? You can talk to the parents, and and I know a recommendation that way can go a long way and will usually be something worthwhile investigating. But if you don't have that, if you, if you can't get something from your school, if you can't get something from a friend that is reputable, then I suggest personally, and I use this myself on the tutoring end, I suggest Wyzant. Wiseant is spelled W-Y-Z-A-N, as in Nancy T, wiseant.com. 
And it's an online, basically an online marketplace for students and tutors alike so they can connect. And I think it's great. I think it's amazing because you can you can find tutors of all different price ranges in your area. It's It usually will be cheaper than hiring a company because companies usually will start around $100 at least an hour in, in Los Angeles anyways. And there are tutors, of course, that charge more than 100 per hour on Wiseant. I mean, I've seen as high as $200, $250 an hour. So those tutors do exist. But you can also find tutors at lower price ranges as well. It's just it's always a trade-off with experience, expertise, rating, so on and so forth. But it's such a great system because every all students have an opportunity to rank the each session, each individual session on a five-star rating system. And then they also can write reviews, which you can read just like on Amazon. And so you can look at the total stars. You can look at the total hours that they've logged. You can look you can read all about them. You can see their picture. You can see what they're qualified in and why, where they went to school. So it's all this amazing information right at your fingertips. And you can browse through a number of different tutors. And really, I think you can get a good idea of their personality and what they're all about. And I think Wizant gives you a guarantee as well. If you if you are unhappy with the first session, I think you can tell them, hey, it's, it's called the good fit guarantee. So I think if you're unhappy with the session, with the first session, I believe you can get some sort of a refund. Don't hold me to that. I think check it out. Uh, and I've never had it happen to me where somebody's asked for a refund. So I don't know exactly how it works, but I've seen it advertised. But they're they're very good. It's a very good company. It's based in Chicago. It's been around for a while. I, again, I I used to use Care.com and some of these other websites. I don't think they're nearly as as good and effective, and I don't think it has the same level of quality instructors. So I would check out Wizant. I really would. I think I think it's great. And then of course, there's always going to be other tutoring companies in your area. Feel free to check out whatever you can find. Uh, in, in, if it's standardized tests, of course, we've got Kaplan, we've got Princeton Review, we've got Testmasters. Testmasters in particular is a great company. And I know that they really hire tutors of the highest caliber. I believe the prerequisite for being hired at Testmasters is you, you have to have scored an, in the 99th percentile for whatever test you want to teach, which is cool. It doesn't always translate to the to greatest teachers, but at a minimum, you can be guaranteed that the teacher at least themselves has walked the walk and has some high level of understanding of the test. So that's it. That's it for this episode. If you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalarlearning.com. And again, please tune in on the regular each day this summer for a new episode. One will be dropping every day on an assortment of topics. I'm super excited about that. Check out the blog, check out the YouTube channel, check out the Facebook Again, if you have any questions or comments, email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. So as always, thank you again for joining me, and we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy.